Welcome to Golden Hour, a podcast dedicated to spreading light. You'll hear stories and interviews from people who have taken difficult circumstances and made beauty and success out of it. Stories of resilience, love, grace, and hope. One of my favorite quotes, and a quote that inspired this podcast by Rupi Kaur, the world gives you so much pain, and here you are making gold out of it. There's nothing purer than that. I hope you enjoy and spread a little sunshine today. Hello, sunshine, and welcome to the Golden Hour podcast. This is Kimmy Cantrell, your host, and I have a super special guest with me today, my dear, dear, dear friend, Crystal. Crystal and I go way back, and I'm going to talk about that more in a moment, but Crystal is one of the most resilient, powerful, intelligent, capable, loving, encouraging people that I've probably ever met. And we have been through so much of life together, and I'm just so excited to have her here and for you guys to hear her story and the pieces of gold she's going to share and the last we're going to have because those are certain to follow. Um, so welcome, Crystal. Okay. You, Kimmy, girl, <laughs> you told me you were going to gas me up, but I was over here like, girl, stop talking. So I could be like, yeah. Oh my goodness, girl, well, hi, everybody. <laughs> I don't have anything left to say because Kimmy said it all, but um, <laughs> I'm really humbled to be here. I'm thrilled to have this conversation with you, so I look forward to uh, what we're going to get to tonight. So thank me you for having me. Too. Of course, it's my pleasure. And so, like I said, you know, a little bit of the history between Crystal and I. So we actually met, I guess it'd be in 2010. So 10 whole years ago, Crystal and I, <laughs> we're old now. Um, we actually lived in the same residence hall as wow. baby freshmen. Um, we weren't quite immediate friends, you know, we didn't <laughs> talk immediately, um, but we knew of each other and we were in each other's circles. And then fast forward to grad school, we actually were in the same grad school program. Fast forward even more to um, whenever Crystal's husband started medical school and she moved to, to DC and we got to really connect. And like, that's where we really, I think, built our friendship. Um, and went through some really tough times together. <laughs> so Ooh, talk about it. <laughs> it's been such a journey. But with that being said, I want to learn more. You know, I want you to share more of your story and talk more about all that you have to share with us. But I do have a quick little icebreaker for you, Crystal, if you're open to it. Oh, that's the red life in you, I see. You still do icebreakers <laughs> with people. Uh-huh. Let's go. Always. Got to get get us going. The, the warm and fuzzies. I got it. <laughs> so what we're going to do is it's rapid fire, either or. So I'm going to list two things and just first thing to come to mind, you got to pick that one. Okay. 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 So hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Cat or dog? Oh my God, dog. Wrong answer. <laughs> that was hard because I was like, oh no. I know so many beautiful cats and I'm just like, mm, dog. Fine, dogs are fine, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, cake or ice cream? 
what is this? Okay. <laughs> that one's tough too. Um, fruit or vegetable? Mm, see, a year ago, there would have been one answer. Now, definitely vegetables. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I love vegetables. Apple or Android? This is just... <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy, you know, that's not even a fair question because both me and you are literally like the worst when it comes to this. You were Google Pixel, I was Google, then you were like, oh, Crystal, I hate you for going to Apple, and then you told me. So I guess we have to say Apple just because that's what our phones are. I think so. Yeah, now that I have like my iPhone, my MacBook, my AirPods, my... <laughs> Yeah, you crossed around with the AirPods. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, last one. Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion. <gasps> I, that's not fair. That's not fair. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, no. Kimmy. It's okay. <laughs> Meg Thee Stallion. Meg okay, sure. we, won't, we won't tell Cardi B. We won't let her know. <laughs> Please don't. That was good. That was really good. (laughs) So, so Crystal, tell us a little bit more about you and why, I guess, you're, why you even were open to being on this podcast and sharing some of your story. Oh, wow. That's a loaded question, for sure. But if I had to share, you know, my story with people, I think it's fair to say that That's exactly what I have. I have a journey, I have a narrative. It started very young, like maybe middle school. There are things that I went through that most middle school kids weren't going through. And you know, when we talk more today, as we go through your questions, you know, we're gonna hit on some of those things where a lot of my past for the longest time, I hated every bit of it. I wanted to be angry about it. I wanted to be frustrated. And now, right where I stand, you know, the two of us having this conversation, that stuff is so small. It's minimal. I mean, you know, we're going to get into the weight loss surgery and the cancer and all of that. And in a blink of an eye, I was able to do two very hard things. And how? You know, it, it, it all started from 12 up until 28. So I look forward to digging more into that. Yeah, it's amazing <clears throat> how monumental our childhood is, you know, and I think mm-hmm. you don't realize it as a kid, obviously, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're not like, this is going to grow me into who I'll be one day. You're just going okay. to the roller skating rink, you know, <laughs> just, people do that. I don't know. Um, well, mommy, I don't even get that. I said, it's very sheltered, very, uh, it was different. You know, I grew up in an all-woman household. And to some people, that may mean nothing, but to me, that's everything. It's my identity. For the longest time, you know, I was, I'm a strong black woman. I'm no man. And my poor husband. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and my poor husband had to endure that because, you know, I thought that's what I had to be. And it, I mean, it is a part of who I am, but it wasn't what I had to showcase 24-7. And so, you know, it's been a beautiful, beautiful transformation, for sure. I have loved being a part of so many pieces of your story, but it's not about me. So my first question, <laughs> my first question for you is, what does resilience mean to you? 
Hey, that's a wonderful question. And when I first saw it, you know, I had to, I'll be honest, I had to go look it up. I was like, you know, like oftentimes people use words interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, that's not exactly what I was going for. And so even when I was reading the definition, I was like, mm, sure. <laughs> you know, if, if that's what you want to call it. But my definition of resilience is about acknowledgement. It's about being able to have that conversation with yourself and go, I'm flawed, and that's okay. I'm human, and that's okay. And so for, you know, oftentimes I talk to people and I go, look, look, if you truly, truly believe that you have hit rock bottom, I mean, you feel like there's nowhere else you can go, then the only way you can go is up. But you have to first acknowledge that. And that's where that resilience comes in because you have to acknowledge that you are part of that obstacle. And the only way you're going to get out of it is if you find your tribe, find your people, have that conversation with yourself and go, all right, I've got to get out of this. And and that's what it's about. It's about pushing through. Get up. Push through. I love that. I've never actually heard somebody say that acknowledgement is, you know, the foundation of resilience. And I think that that's so powerful because you're right. You know, when you hit that rock bottom, you know, in all reality, that's the best place to build a firm foundation, right? You know, solid ground. ground. (laughs) Um, But you've got to acknowledge, hey, I'm here and I don't love it. And I want this to be different. I think that that's so, such a valuable thing I'd never even thought of and there's no one rock bottom I mean mm-hmm. you can be at the top of the world one day and the next day somebody can hit you to the ground but then Again. you gotta go look <laughs> look to the left and look to the right and look at look at what you built and mm-hmm. if you did that all right all right you can do this and so, yeah you can do yeah, it again think, you can build it again yeah. I love that so what do you uh, think about failure then Ah, failure. So we think about resilience. Resilience more more or less is a mindset. It's something that you have to do. Well, hey, guess what failure is? Failure is the very tool to build that mindset. And when I think about a lot of things in my life, like I said, I made a lot of mistakes. I did some stupid, stupid things. And, oh, my God, I beat myself up for the longest. And then some of the places where I thought I failed, I don't think it was failure. I think it was more just a lesson. And so that's all failure is. It is a tool. You have to have it. I mean, resilience is about barriers. It's about obstacles. It's about trials. And so in order to learn how to get through that, you have to fail and be okay with it. Yes, cry, be mad so over it. I mean, you know, there there are things that happen in college that I'm still very salty about. But <laughs> not laughing because it's funny. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> but um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, to now when I think about it, I, I made a mistake there and, and I did fail in a way, but that very failure 
is what has made me who I am today. And so all those failures, I'm like, girl, we did that. I mean, you are today, I love so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's still very flawed. And I have my moments where I'm just like, oh, man, adulting, I'm not about it. Or, you know, <laughs> growth, I'm not about it. Truth, I'm not about it. Constructive criticism, I don't care. Like, just let me be right. And sometimes I'm not. And so, you know, we all have growing to do. But I, I think failure is, is, is it's a tool. And, and yeah, it can be positive. It can be negative. But that is what builds that resilient mindset to push through. So you said one thing that I'd love to expand on. So you mentioned that you beat yourself up a lot. And I feel like that's a really common thing. You know, as humans, we're really quick to be really hard on ourselves. Why do you think that that's, you know, one of the first things that you mentioned or one of the first things you go to is like beating yourself up whenever things, you know, are hard or, or you feel like you were failing? Because I think one thing about failure or if you honestly think you failed and you tried that that's where it hurts it hurts because you honestly put everything you thought you needed to succeed in that situation and to for it to come back and it's a failure you know you can only naturally go to blame yourself what did i do wrong mm-hmm. and then there are other people that feed into that narrative and not necessarily intentionally but they you know they ask questions like well what did you do wrong or what it's not more or less hey like maybe you just had a bad day or you know ask me well what happened what do you think happened don't don't feed into the narrative that i'm already thinking that i failed and so i think this is one of those things that naturally we we seek to find a reason why it happened and when you don't have one it all things point back at you yeah and so i think that's why we beat ourselves up because you know we don't necessarily look at it as something as a lesson until we learn from it later yeah oh okay yeah Yeah. we're just just not we're not trained that way no we're emotional we're emotional beings and that's just the nature of who we are and you do have some people who are very stoic and they're okay with failure you know um i always think about people who are car salesmen like i could never do it because after my second (laughs) no i'm like forget this job i can't do it like like, why you don't want to buy this car from me? Like, Please, are you not, this car. Like, are you not here to buy a car? Like, what did I do to you? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just kind of like some people, they have it. Some people don't. And I'm, yeah, not me. Yeah. So like, one thing I, yeah, one thing I think is really interesting. And <clears throat> one thing I really admire about you is whenever people overcome things that truly aren't anybody's fault, right? So sometimes something happens to us, for example, you get sick or you're in an accident or, you know, it's something that it's not like you dropped the ball, you know, it's not like you went to take on this new opportunity and failed at it. And yet you're still at rock bottom because of something that happened totally out of your control or even something that happened because of someone else's decisions or someone else's actions, Let's talk a little bit about that and like how you remain resilient when it has nothing to do with you. 
I don't even know where, like, in what instance, where should I start? You mean, like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, getting lung cancer? You want to start on that one? Yeah, let's start on oh, that one. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, I, I've never actually really talked about this in terms of how it happened and, like, how quickly everything went. And so for those who don't know, I did uh, take a step to save my life and get healthy. I decided to get weight loss surgery last year in March. Well, I got the surgery and my heartbeat was entirely too fast coming out of that. And so they rushed me to an emergency CT and uh, they thought I was having a preliminary embolism. That wasn't the case. And maybe a few weeks later, I get this beautiful uh, letter in the mail. I thought it was a bill. And I was like, dang, that's real quick. Like, don't even give me no time to heal. <laughs> oh, man. I wish it was a bill. No, it was a letter letting me know that they found a mass on my left lung. And for a minute, I was like, oh, okay, you know, masses come and go. You know, I wasn't the, necessarily the healthiest. You know, I was, I had already started my weight loss journey. So I had probably already lost about 50 pounds at that point. But of course, 27 years of my, 26 years of my life is very unhealthy. And so, you know, I was like, okay. I went to go see a preliminary doctor. He's like, you're young. Oh, you know, it's benign. You're going to be fine. I'm like, cool, doc. Thanks. Uh, so maybe three months later, I'll go back. It's gotten bigger. And I'm just like, Lord, what is going on here? Like, and you I were 27 at that time. 26. Yeah. 27. 26. And I was 26. Because I remember I didn't have this. <laughs> yeah, girl, I was 20-something. <laughs> Too young to have lung cancer. <laughs> and for it to be growing and to find out yeah, in the mail. Okay. You know? <laughs> in the mail. I was just wow. like, absolutely. I don't think shocked. I knew that part. Yeah, girl, in the mail. And then my poor doctor, wow. I get the, so we threw the biopsy. The poor doctor, I don't think he knew what to do because he genuinely thought it was going to be benign. And so he left a voicemail because I was out working in a meeting. And from the minute he said the first word, I knew I had cancer. And I was oh like, gosh. this is this is not fair. I was like, I, what did I do to deserve yeah, cancer? Um and mm. so, you know, my husband was going through step step two. He was getting ready for that. Uh, I mean, it was just a lot going on. I think work was just chaotic. It was just so much going on. I was a doc student. I'm also getting my doctoral degree right now. And so, you know, I, I didn't know who, why, you know. But I felt like at that time, it wasn't my, my place to ask why. At that time, it was, okay, how do we go from here? You know, I have something in my body that doesn't belong there. It's aggressive. Only 100,000 people in the U.S. get it alien. One in mm. one million. I'm that extraordinary to where I... Uh, girl, that's special. <laughs> where I got to get a rare type of lung cancer, it took John Hopkins three months to diagnose it after wow. they took it out of me. And so, um, you know, we, we get to the, the surgeon, he's, he, he's writing all these notes on this piece of paper. And I'm sitting here looking at my husband, he's writing notes on a piece of paper and they're looking at me and they're like, okay, it's in the center. Um, so we got to take the whole top half. I said, wait, what? Of he's your like, lung? Of my lung. 
the entire top half of the left lung. And so he's talking, and literally the second he stopped talking, the tears were just rolling down my face. I I was speechless. I had no idea how I was going to get through this. And so, you know, I look at Jen, and my husband's like, Oh man, we got this. And I was like, what? You ain't the one <laughs> losing your that. lungs, dog. Like, <laughs> he's like, you know, he, he's taking a very medical approach. And it, it was different because usually I'm the strong one in our relationship. And in this instant, my husband became that person. He was like, man, we got this. Like, you know, and it's crazy. Uh, one, one moment, one of my really dear best friends, one of, I'm, I swear he's my soulmate, Tyrone, I, I, I call hey, Tyrone. him. Hey, I call him and I go, uh, so I have something to tell you. And when I tell you, I just want you to laugh and go, girl's going to be all right. And so he was like, all right, I'll do that for you. So I said, Tyrone, I have stage one lung cancer. I'm going to lose the top half of my lung. And, you know, it is what it is. He was like, <laughs> I mean, he literally busted out laughing. He didn't he think you were like, serious? No, 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 he did. He did. I mean, he, 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 and so he, he laughs, he did exactly what I told him to do because in that moment, that was what I needed. Everyone else was just like, oh no, oh God. Like, and I, I, I didn't want it to be that. I wanted it to be a moment of resilience. I wanted it to be a moment of strength. I wanted it to be like, like, Crystal, you got this. And so yeah. he, Tyrone gave me that. And then, uh, he later told me he got off the phone. He actually started speaking in tongues and all kind of stuff afterwards. But in that <laughs> moment, you know, he was like, this is what it is. And so, yeah, at 20, uh, three days after my 27th birthday, I was uh, on the table to the OR, getting ready to have a lung lobectomy. My thoracic surgeon said I was the youngest patient she had ever operated on in her wow. 27 years of being a doctor. Wow. Um, you were the same was, age as her medical degree. That's exactly. <laughs> um, and it was a beautiful moment of just empowerment because there was nothing but women in me. And um, they all looked at me and were laughing. I mean, they drugged me instantly. It was crazy. <laughs> like, they were like, all right, we're going to give you something to calm down. I'm like, already? <laughs> and so, uh, we're going down to the OR. We're laughing about stuff. They told me to name the robot. I named the robot Agnes. I don't know why. That was the first <laughs> name that came. <laughs> it was the first name that came to my head. Um, and so it, my, my surgeon comes in, and I can see her, her lips are moving. But, you know, I'm pretty much about to be put out. And I asked, I said, are you Okay. She was like, oh, I'm fine. She was like, I'm just laying hands over this room. And that's the last thing I remember. Wow. Well, I come to find out, it was two minutes to me. But what was so powerful about that is that woman prayed over that room. And it was exactly what she needed. Because apparently, I'm so extraordinary that I have two sets of blood vessels to my lungs, which means the cuts that she made were entirely too small for the operation. Had she known that was the structure of my body and did not show up on the CT, she would have actually had to make a deeper cut. And I would have actually probably had a cut going down my chest. Mm. Uh, and so my surgery was supposed to be four hours. It ended up being eight. 
my poor mm. husband and mom were just. Oh my gosh. I was I was the only person she operated on that day. And so you have to think about it, everybody in that room was only prepared to be there for four hours. Mm. And and to even put it more in perspective, my anesthesiologist was responsible for my left lung. She was prepared for four hours. Her job was to make sure that I was breathing with one lung. Because remember, the left one is stopped because that's what they're cutting. So her job is to keep me breathing with this machine. They showed it to me. It's a, it's a very, very process. And so just to have to do that for four more hours than you anticipated. It's crazy. And so my mom said the surgeon came out the uh, OR. She said it like somebody drug happy in mind. She said, Look, look, I'm gonna need you to take your extraordinary daughter and don't ever come back here. And I feel bad, y'all, because I don't know if I'm the last person she operated on with Kaiser. But she just started her own private practice. So, you know, wow. I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> uh, and you know, the next day. Uh, and, and let me tell you, they them, them, them medicines was good because apparently I didn't push the Delaunay button the whole night. I didn't even know I had it. I didn't need it. And wow. It was so crazy because even in that moment, I still got to be myself. I remember they were rolling me to the room to get ready, you know, for the night. They said, do you know where you are? And I was like, Holy Cross. And they were like, oh, no. I was like, I'm just messing with y'all. <laughs> and everybody... <laughs> <laughs> everybody busted all up because I think everyone was just like I can't believe this young girl just lost half her long yeah um so you know for what me I was very I was very content with it I mean it, it was what it was uh, I'm now one year cancer free uh mm. you know it, yes it, it, <laughs> thank you <laughs> When it started, I did feel like it was extremely unfair. I did not feel like I deserved it. I mean, my husband, he ended up failing uh, his step exam. And, you know, rightfully so. You know, he was trying to support his wife as she was recovering from lung cancer. And so, you know, that, that even put an even deeper bump in our journey, but we've come out of that completely. I mean, mm-hmm. since that time, like I said, one year cancer free, I've gotten promoted. I'm nine months away from becoming a doctor myself. We've moved back mm-hmm. to Georgia. He's now in his residency. So, so all those things, you know, I think about my past, uh, those failures, those, those tests, they they prepared me for cancer because yeah. it, it, it doesn't seem real, Kimmy. I mean, I don't even know I told you. I don't know I, I told anyone it. else. No one believed me. They were like, Mm-mm. this is crazy. Um, and now here we are one year later. Everyone's like, you did have cancer. I'm like, <laughs> I did. Well, you know, and one thing <laughs> that is so resonates with me, and you just mentioned it, you know, sort of just now, but not once did you skip a beat. You know, I think you in the middle of like eating a taco, you were like, and by the way, I, I had cancer. And it's like, what? Like you just were so, it was almost as if you were so sure that you already were cured. Like you were so sure that it was not going to be your story. Like you were so sure that, it, you know, you, you laughed, you enjoyed the whole journey. You literally laughed your way through it. I mean, not once, and I'm, I'm not saying you didn't have these moments because I'm sure you did, but like, not once did you show that you were afraid. Like you, you seemed so courageous to me through every step of 
not just that, you know, that's enough to be petrified through, but also the, all the, you know, all the other things you just mentioned, not once did I feel like you were fearful. And if anything, I was coming to you, you know, I was coming to you, like, I'm scared, I'm upset, you know. (laughs) Yeah, everyone, everyone was so scared. And, you know, it was crazy because my mom freaked out about the, the, the mass more than the cancer. She was like, like, I told her I had the mask. She was like, oh, my God. So I was like, yeah, it's cancer. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. I was like, what? <laughs> and so, you know, I just think the kind of person I am, the people that are in my tribe, people like you, people like my husband, people like Tyrone, you know, that truly know who I am, I, I didn't have to be weak about it, you know? Mm-hmm. It was... Like I said, you know, you know, one of the questions that you have here, you said, um, what's something you could go back and talk to your younger self? What advice would you give? And it was crazy because I don't think I would want to change anything in particular about my younger self because that is why who I, you know, who I am, who I am. But there was one situation that I remembered, and it was something that you said that made me remember. When I was in middle school, there was this guy that picked on me quite a bit. Oh, he was abusive. He was a butthole. And <laughs> one day, <laughs> one day, you know, I mean, he, he, if, if, if you had to ask me about like a depiction of fear in my life, he was a, he is that representation. He was mm. fear. I was, I was afraid of him. And so one day, uh, for no apparent reason, he came behind me, kicked me in my back in the middle of the hallway in front of everybody. Oh and, my gosh. Uh, Kids are and, so mean. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. And and nobody helped me out. Nobody mm-hmm. knew what to do. Everyone was speechless. And you know, that that question, I would tell my my younger self, go get up because you have no idea what's ahead. You know, I I'm glad I didn't know my power then, but to know what it is now, you know, we always wish we could go back and tell our younger selves like, girl, you are the bomb.com in twenty twenty, <laughs> okay? Like you think good, Krista. Like I, I I wish I could go back that but you know if I gas myself up from 15 years ago Lord knows where I'll be right now I don't know you know we don't need you know there's just some things that don't need to happen okay we don't need a middle school gassed up crystal all right um but you know if if it were possible I just do wish I could go back to that moment and just say God get up because I, I, I did not get up my band teacher ended up getting me off the floor and um, she said, Crystal, get up. And so, you know, how I got up for myself, I think I just would have, you know, it, it may have been different. But yeah. to, to be able to take fear head on and mm-hmm. something like cancer, it was monumental. It was transformational. You know, to say that you, you, sur- you survived something like that, because that's because some people don't. You know, mm-hmm. some people fight and, and they don't necessarily get the, the chance that I get where there are early interventions, but I, I'm blessed, I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and, and that is my story now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would like to think that I'm the perfect person to tell it. And uh, that, that, that's why we're here. So, yeah. Mm. 
Amen. Well, first, I want to say thank you to any medical professional listening, because uh, amen for that, to be able to bring you through that with the four extra hours. I just can't even, can't even imagine. And then to the guy in middle school, I hope that you are listening to this and you I'm pretty sure that he's you a were in the worst. So, yeah. <laughs> How dare you, but thank you for making us strong, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Man, so what would you say is one of your, like, biggest learning lessons or biggest takeaways just from, you know, what you've brought up so far, or even other topics? Anything that we want to achieve, and I know this is probably very cliche, but, you know, I, I tried to lose weight for seven, eight years before I finally was like, girl, you need some help. Um, and and if I'm being honest with myself, the only person that was stopping me from doing that was me. And so, you know, if I had to give one takeaway, I'm just like, trust yourself. Believe in your value. Because... You know, the one thing that I refuse to do now is allow people in my life that have that cannot contribute to my purpose. If you cannot contribute to my purpose, you, you have no no reason to be in my life. And so, and, and that's that comes from knowing your value. And it takes time. You know, it takes time. But take that time to learn yourself. Yeah, and I know you know this because when you went through that point in your life where I feel like we grew even closer, it was about finding Kenny. And mm-hmm. same thing with me. When I was going through mine, you were like, what did you tell me, you know, three months ago? I was like, hold up. Don't be using my advice <laughs> on me, uh, you know, as we sip on this margarita. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think the thing is, you know, take the time to learn you. And it's okay if you don't understand it because that's, that's all the better reason to, to go search, go identify, go figure out what is that fire inside of you. And so now for me, that's fitness. I, I, I cannot go without working out. I feel crappy. And I'm just like, who are you? Like, I'm not saying that I love exercise. Don't, don't think that's what it is. I hate it. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I miss the days of where there was even without consequences. But, you know, um, uh, my husband wants to have kids. Uh, you know, I guess I said I'll do. So, you know, I compromise. I have to have a kid soon. After I get this, guy, this yes. dissertation, yeah, uh, we're planning for a family in the next year. So after I become Doctor Krista Hill, you guys will hopefully be seeing a baby after that. We'll see. But so you know, a year two ago, doctors and a baby in the house, or who? At least no two. You know? <laughs> um, but you know, um, the thing about I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with that. You're talking about fitness. About yeah. Oh, so that that's true. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have a question. So, because I know that, um, you know, sometimes weight loss or diet culture can be really taboo. So why is it important to you? You know, and like, what, what's your take on that? I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, I, I, in a couple of months, 
you guys are going to be very excited to see what I've been working on. And, and it speaks Ooh. to that. For the longest, I thought that fitness had a look, you know? Mm-hmm. It had to look a certain way. But if you look at my stats, I mean, anybody that follows me on Instagram or people that are friends, they can see that I, I can hang with the best of them now. Now, I still get, ooh, I'm tired. But my resting <laughs> heart rate before I started this journey was 116 beats a minute. The other day, I hit my lowest at 48. So what does that tell you? What? Pretty, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm 48 are you awake <laughs> yeah i'm dead girl but no i have improved my cardio health to where i mean my apple watch seems to think that i'm an athlete and i think i keep confusing it because girl. some days i'll be like hold on wait a minute how what <laughs> like <laughs> but um and yeah, and so, you know, diet culture, it, it's toxic, but I get it because fitness is a billion-dollar industry, and oh, yeah. that means that people have a need to believe that something works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we go back to, you know, what is this takeaway, the only thing that worked for me was taking a chance on me, me mm. being consistent, yes. me doing the work that it takes to lose weight, me building a better relationship with food. And so a billion dollar industry that's meant to talk about health is banking on the fact that you're not gonna take the chance on you, mm-hmm. that you're not gonna do the things that you need to do because you're gonna continue to feed into those cultures where you know <clears throat> you can lose weight really fast or you can do this diet and it'll work temporarily, but I honestly feel like where I am right now, I enjoy food and I don't hold back. If I want pizza, I eat it. But then I also know the next morning, I got to go bust 2.5 miles to go get that little slice of Hawaiian pizza out off this belly. You know, that's the thing that I've done. I I don't uh, limit myself anymore. And then I've learned how to do healthy alternatives. And so again, anybody that sees my page, you know, I cook with vegetables. I make comfort foods, healthy alternatives, and I'm satisfied. And so it just it just took it took time to, to get to know me and figure out what I needed to do to be successful. Yeah, and I love that. that. That's my so mantra. Much. That's my mantra. And I just push through. Get up. Do it. Get and up. And if it's yeah. hard, if it's hard, okay, rest. But don't quit. Keep going. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but don't quit. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I love, I guess that's why I'm so excited about hearing people's stories, because I think at the end of the day, what we all realize is that it starts and ends with me, you know, and these, these stories only exist because I do. And these, you know, triumphs and these challenges, they only exist because I do. And so what a gift that is, you know, if I wasn't here, I wouldn't be having these problems, you know, these problems wouldn't be happening. And so it's just such a, such a gift when you really think about it to, to take a chance on yourself and to love yourself enough to get up. And that looks different for everybody. You know, for some Mm -hmm. people, you know, it looks one way and others, it looks different, but I love that. So a little bit brighter, what excites you right now? Oh, man. Well, like I've already said, you know, I'm nine months away 
completing my dissertation and becoming a doctor, I would be the first in my family to complete this feat. Uh, I was the first in my family to get a master's, and so to complete this, you know, it it it's it's monumental. It's like it, it's tough, though. Oh God, I hate it, uh, <laughs> but I love it because the knowledge, the the challenge of you know taking on that constructive criticism and having someone tell you no, fix it, no, fix it again, fix it again. You're like, oh, but when you get to the end. It, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited that, you know, I'm now a leader at a world-class liberal arts uh, higher education institution in DC. I started three and a half years ago in an entry-level position in the finance office. And I'm now the director of student financial services at I got that at 27, and so okay. typically, yeah, my, my <laughs> boss, uh, my boss was 63, so, wow. you know, that that's a big change, um, and then again, like I said, I'm excited about some things that are coming up about fitness, um, I think where I'm going with this is going to hold me accountable, uh, you know, it's going to keep me on my toes mm-hmm. for the next few years to come, and just to really make it a part of my everyday life, make fitness my identity. And so I think, you know, that's one of those things that's creeping into the intersectionality of who I am. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And then, of course, once all this is over, you know, there's a baby Jane Crystal coming. So oh. That's, that's exciting as well. So um, I can't wait to squeeze oh, those cheeks. <laughs> Oh, you well, you already know how I feel about that. So, I mean, I, I think childbirth is beautiful, but at the same time, I don't know if all bodies are made for it. But you know, we're gonna see. Whew. Oh gosh, that's gonna be, gonna so, be so fun. <laughs> so, uh, last things here. What action mm-hmm. items would you give to someone who is feeling? less than great right now? I think the best thing you can do, mm, you said that they're not feeling great. What what should they do? Well, again, just acknowledge that one, that's okay, you know? It's okay to not feel great. It's okay to, to feel like, you know, you're stuck. But the only person, and I want to emphasize, the only person that's going to get you out of that is you. Now, again, I'm a huge, huge advocate for finding your tribe because, again, no, you probably can't get out of it yourself. But the ability to reach out, you still have to do that work. You still have to call your tribe and go, hey, like, I need help. And so it, it still starts with you. Also, I'm a huge advocate for drawing uh, journaling. This mine right here is called You Do You Girl. Um, <laughs> that's my that's my my book. And so you know, I I, I map things out. I write things out. And so anytime mm-hmm. I'm feeling stuck, I go, okay, what are you trying to achieve? How are you gonna get there? And so when you write it out, you may think that you have 20 steps. But when you write it out, it's really five. 
And then you go, all right, chill, dog. You can do five steps. You thought it was 20. You got five. And so it's just, you know, kind of seeing that and visualizing it, you know, that that helps too. So, you know, start with you. Have that conversation. Acknowledge. Map it out. And then push through. And then knock it out. <laughs> and then knock it out. Yeah, map it out, then knock it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Crystal, how can people get in touch with you if they want to be your friend after hearing this inspirational narrative you've given us today? Oh, my goodness. You think people don't want to be my friend? Oh, I think everyone <laughs> should want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can definitely follow me on Instagram at Fierce Fit Me. That's Fierce, uh-huh, that kind of Fierce, Fit, F-I-T, and Me. And so that's where you can see my journey. I talk about everything from my workouts to cooking to bragging on my beautiful husband. Um, I mean, it's all there. So they definitely can join me on IG. <laughs> at Fierce Fit some, Me. Uh-huh, at Fierce cool. Fit Me. And that, well, let's have some fun. Well, is there anything else that you want to leave us with today before we close out? I'm not, girl. I think we did enough talking. We've been <laughs> on this thing for 45 minutes. Are y'all still listening? Look, we need to have like a little code or a game. Like, if you make it this far, I will give you a Starbucks card for $10. The first person, Kimmy, the first person, Kimmy, that touched you. Let me know who that is, and I will give them a ten dollars Starbucks card if they made it. This okay. Far. What if they DM you on Instagram then? Oh, even better. Yes. <laughs> so yes. DM Crystal okay. at Fierce so Fit Me. me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's and see, here we, for it. I know she's really gonna send I'm you a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Matter of fact, I will do it for five people. The first five people. So then wow. me at Fierce Fit Me, I will give you a $10 Starbucks gift card. All I need you heard it here, guys. You heard it what here. What is it? I need your email address, your personal email address. So first five people to DM me at Fierce Fit Me. And it's like, hey, girl, I heard your uh, story on Kimmy's Golden Hour. Get my email address. I'll be like, yeah. And then boom, you get coffee. At least you get coffee. <laughs> or tea or yeah. cookies, whatever you like. Okay, yeah. Or, <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Crystal, I can't say enough how much I appreciate you and value your friendship. I mean, truly, you've been there for me through some of the darkest toughest times I've experienced and you've always just been a light for me so she said find your tribe and she's definitely one of mine so I love you I thank you I appreciate you and I hope that you guys got something good out of today's episode you heard it from her dm her at fierce fit me on instagram to get your starbucks gift card thank you for listening and we can't wait to have you next time bye Thanks for listening to Golden Hour, a podcast dedicated to spreading light. If you'd like to keep in touch or have a story to share, you can contact us on Instagram at goldenhourpodcast1 or email us at goldenhourpodcast1 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your stories of love, resilience, and light.